We have no idea the effect that we will have on our community years and years and years to come because a group of people said yes to just love Jesus. (laughs) What does it look like for people just to say, I just want you, Jesus? It looks like a community of people that will just say yes. Everything, every every area of our life, we say yes to you, Lord. All right. Okay, well, with that said, also, um, Zach didn't say this, but we are going to, if you want to start sewing into the Love Explosion Conference, you can do that. And just, um, if you write a check or or um, put it on an envelope, just write Love Explosion, and um, because we're going to start preparing for that, um, because we add an extra day, we just want to make sure that the cost is taken care of and it's not a burden, okay? It's good? All right. Well, I'm not going to keep you long, but um, I just want to share something with you the Lord gave to me. Um, it's been a while since I have, I have, let's see, accepted the opportunity of my gracious husband to come up here and share with you. Um, about a year, a little over a year ago, you guys, most of you know, I felt like I got the wind knocked out of me. Have you ever felt like that? I literally felt like somebody punched me in my stomach and I couldn't breathe anymore. And um, it took a lot of, um, it took a lot of my voice. It took a lot of my heart. Um, If you've ever had your heart just broken, just ripped out of your chest, you just feel like you've lost your way sometimes. And I think I kind of went through a season where I felt like I lost my way. And, um... And I was pregnant at the time, and that doesn't help us pregnant ladies. <laughs> Me and Carly were joking around in the back between services. It's like all of a sudden you're pregnant with a baby. You have no filter and no sanity. I don't know what happens. They take it all. The child takes it all. Um, so in January, um, Zach has the honor of being a part of this group um, Pastor Larry Titus, and you guys, most of you know, and he gets to go over January and spend three days with Larry and just get poured into, um, just really, uh, just mentored by him. And, um, this year he opened up his teaching to the women, the wives, usually we just go shopping and stuff. That's glorious. It's, it's totally the Lord too. Um, Holy spirit is in shopping with women. It is. I'm sorry. Thank you. So, but this, this year, Larry opened up to the women to to mentor and pour into, and I felt like, um, taking advantage of that opportunity. And so we're sitting in there and, and he shared a few of the other uh, ministers had also gone through some transition and some traumatic experiences in their ministries. And so the other group, we were just praying over each other and everybody, it was just, it was really awesome. And, um, and I was receiving prayer and I just was receiving in my hands, open and I was just, you know, just weeping. The Lord was there and the Holy Spirit was just pouring into me. And, um, and the Lord shared me, he showed me, he said, Rochelle, I'm giving you back your roar. He said, you were silenced. You got the wind knocked out of you. You felt like you didn't have a voice anymore, but I'm giving you back your roar. And so ever since then, I've just been learning to just the past few weeks, just Really say, God, okay, I'm just going to rely on you to give me what I need. So um, with that said, I get to share with you this morning. And that has nothing to do with what I'm saying, and that's okay. Um, this message that I have um, comes from 
something that has been stirring up in me, I have the opportunity just this year. I've been wanting, I've been married for almost 15 years. Wow. I am, I'm not that old, seriously. But we will celebrate our 15-year anniversary this year. And I'm so excited about that because I love my husband very much. But um, I went from high school to married, so I didn't have, I did a couple college classes my senior year. But my desire, I love to learn. I'm like, I love learning. I love studying. I love being in school. I love that whole environment. And so it hasn't ever worked out in the last 15 years for me to go back to school, but this semester it did. And so I'm back in school and I'm really enjoying it. Um, Zach is in Bible college and I'm in secular school and that's okay. We're just kind of, we get our own days. We study together and it's just awesome. Um, and so I decided to take a, a passion of mine that had died was political science. And so I'm taking a political science class and, and, um, my professor is like so smart and brilliant and he says things and it's just amazing. And I'm just in awe sometimes. So he's been talking about this, um, culture we're talking in our class. We're talking about like cultures, American cultures, And so something that had just really spoke to me, he said, we are living in an age of an um, entitlement culture in our generation because the people that are living right now have no idea the price our ancestors paid for our own liberties. And it really just resonated inside of me because I think sometimes that creeps in the church through all, through our theologies, through our um, experiences, we take the theology that says, okay, everything that God, everything that happens is from God. So I sit back and life happens to me instead of me make my life happen. Entitlement spirit says I earned, I deserve something I never earned. I, I need to get something I never worked for. And we sit back and we eat the fruit of our, the generation before the labor of the generation before us. And I just want to break that off of the church. Let's be different than the culture out there. Right. Um, let me say this, the life you're living right now is not because something happened to you, but it's because of every choice you've made good or bad. The life you're living right now is because that's the life you chose to live. So that can be good and that can be bad, but that takes ownership. My life looks like it looks because I own it every single moment. Sometimes we, we say, okay, well, I want my marriage to look better. So God, I'm just going to wait for you to change my husband. Because Lord knows he needs it. God, I need my kids to be obedient. So I'm just going to wait right here for you to change my kids' heart. When the Lord is saying, no, you change your heart. You want your marriage to be better? Be a better wife. You want your kids to walk with the Lord? Be an example of what that looks like. See, there's something that happens when we take ownership of our life. We take ownership of our actions and ownership of our choices. We're now responsible. See, if I can sit back and blame God for everything that happened in my life, I never have to be responsible ever. It's always God. Let me tell you, that is not the kind of God we serve. I don't just say, 
kids, I'm going to do every single thing for you so you don't have to be responsible for anything you do. That's not the kind of parent you are. That's not the kind of father he is. He's given us, the Bible says he's given us everything that pertains to life and godliness and the knowledge of him who calls us. By his own glory and goodness, he's given us everything. So he gave us some things. He gave us a few things. No, he gave us everything. He gave us everything. He gave us so much so that he says, now you have the ability to do whatever you need to do. And all you need is a faith like a mustard seed because you can move any mountain. (laughs) This mustard seed is the smallest grain. It is so, you can barely see it with your eyes. That's how much faith you need and you can move mountains because he's given you everything. Everything. I'm going to read a story in the book of John. Um, chapter five, um, I'm going to read verse one through nine and I think I'm reading NAS. So if you want to follow along with me, you can, um, after these things, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a multitude of those who were sick, blind, lame, and withered, waiting for the moving of the waters. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and stirred up the water. Whoever then first, after the stirring up of the water, stepped in, was made well from whatever disease with which he was afflicted. A man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been a long time in that condition. And he said to him, do you wish to get well? And the sick man answered, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred. But while I'm coming, another steps in the pool before me. Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your bed and walk. Immediately, the man became well and picked up his bed and began to walk. I see a few things. First, I want to explain to you um, where it says the sheep gate, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. So Bethesda means <laughs> Bethesda means a place of the outpouring. Um, the sheep gate is usually when you hear in the Bible somebody talk about sheep, what is it's like the people of God, right? The followers of Jesus. Okay, so this is a place of the followers of Jesus where there is an outpouring. You guys with me? Sounds a lot like what we call different places of revivals. Okay. I'm not going to, I'm not knocking any move of God that has gone before us when I just hear me out. Okay. Um, because I think that there are places of outpouring. There are ministers. There are things that happen in the kingdom that are awesome, but God is shifting. It's no longer based on a formula of the past. It's no longer based on a formula of he does it this way. So that's how we have to do it for people to receive Jesus or people to get healed. There is no longer a place of an outpouring. There's a person of the outpouring. His name is Jesus and he lives inside of you. Okay. So let me just, I just said that. So the, I, I'm going to pull out three things in this scripture really quickly. The first thing I see is that when you have a spirit of entitlement, you cannot see what's around you. You don't have any vision. Um, 
often we get asked, you know, like we'll be sitting with people and just a few weeks ago, somebody came to us and said, or just the other day we're having lunch with somebody and they're like, what do you do with somebody who thinks that what they're doing is from God, but there's just no provision? And my answer is always this. Where there is vision, there is always provision. Because if God has called you to do something, you will not be begging, blinding, or robbing anybody. If you are begging and robbing, it is not the provision of the Lord. Therefore, that vision is not from God. So when you have the entitlement spirit, you don't have the vision to see what God has for you. You can't. You know, it's so funny. I just, when you think about just, we live in Las Vegas and, um, and we have this, there's this feeling of get rich quick kind of thing. And, um, if I just won megabucks, everything would be fixed. Most people can't even manage a paycheck. How do you think you're going to manage a megabucks? Where there is vision, there is provision. And if you don't have provision, that vision you have is not from God. And if you have an entitlement spirit, you cannot see what God has for you. Here is a man, 38 years, 38 years living next to an outpouring and never walking. Blind, begging, 38 years. I'm playing with this paper clip because somebody left it up here. I'm going to put that down. <sighs> the next thing I see, and so good, let's read this part again. Verse um, 6. Jesus said to him, do you wish to get well? Simple answer, yes or no, right? I think it's sometimes it's so frustrating for me as a mom, yes or no answers, and I get like a thousand excuses for my children. Oh, I love being a mama. Okay. So, and I think the God feels like that sometimes about us too. He's like, I just asked you a simple question. Yes or no, we'll do. So this is what the guy says to Jesus. He says, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred, but while I'm coming, another steps in before me. So Nobody's going to help me, and everybody takes my turn. <laughs> right? That's what he's telling Jesus. Like, he's standing before Jesus. First of all, he doesn't see that that's the healer standing in front of him because he doesn't have vision. Second, he's making excuses as to why he's in his condition instead of owning and saying, I didn't get in the water. See, when that spirit creeps in, we will never take ownership of our life. And I'm going to close with this. All Jesus had to say was rise up, take your bed and walk and you're healed. See, it's not about a place. It's not about a formula. It's not about who does it. And the angel stirs the water and you have to wait until the season of the time to get, to get your healing or to get your breakthrough. There is a person of breakthrough. There is a person of healing. There is a person of provision. And his name is Jesus. He lives inside of you. So stop waiting for your moment and realize all you have to do is open up your eyes and see Jesus and your moment is now.
We are waiting so long, church. We've been waiting, going from one revival to the next revival, one outpouring to the next outpouring. When Jesus is saying, be the move of God because I'm inside of you. Because the world is waiting for every person to realize that Jesus is in them and release that in the earth. It's, it's no longer about a formula or a way of doing things. That is a perfect picture of an old wineskin. We wait for the angel to stir the water and maybe it's our turn. And maybe we, we wait 38 years for our breakthrough. Jesus is saying, stop it. Your breakthrough is now because I'm Jesus. I came, I died, I rose again, I ascended. I I ascended and sit next to the right hand of the Father and I live inside of you. Today is your day. No longer have to wait for that moment where you the water is stirred. Rise up. Own your life. Own your future. Own your family. Own your community. Own your church. Own your children. It is our day to rise up to take ownership of our life and say, I am the son and the daughter of God. He lives in me. It's my moment for the outpouring. That's it. It's our moment, guys. We don't have to wait for a formula. We don't have to wait for a man of God. I am a man of God. I am a woman of God. It's inside of me. good. I just, I believe that we are in a day and age where we will understand this. We'll understand this truth. It's not about a church or a ministry or a person. It's about the person. His name is Jesus. (laughs) He's good all the time, all the time. Let's own our lives. Is that good? Can I, can we say amen to that? Own our, own our moment. All right. That's it. Let me bless you guys. Father, I thank you so much for the privilege it is to minister to your people, to, to just say yes to you, God. And I pray that you would just break off the shackles that you would just speak to every person that feels like they lost their voice and they lost their roar, God. Give us back our shout. Give it back to us, Jesus. We say yes. We take ownership. We take responsibility. We're your sons and daughters. We say yes to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys. (laughs) If you want prayer or if you need somebody to pray with you, I'm going to ask our prayer team to come to the front. And you have something? Helene's going to come. And if so, if you want prayer as our prayer team, you guys can go ahead and come up. And um, as she shares, just if you feel like you need somebody to pray with you, as soon as Helene is done, you um, you can go there. I am so honored to follow this amazing woman of God. And it's a perfect prophetic illustration today because this is truth. What she's speaking is truth. You just had me 
just do a great big truth. It's a harvest with R-U-T-H after it. <laughs> just truth. And the Lord said, you've been lied to so much. I'm going to read the word, but I've got to set it up. You've been lied to so much and your, your voice has been taken away and your heart has been quenched. And this isn't just Rochelle's battle. This is all of us. And because we've been lied to and deceived and confused and we placed our trust and that trust was denied and betrayed and, and just, ah, not God. He said, I want you to know that this building, these people, this man of God and this woman of God, they're the real deal. They're the truth. They're not a lie. And they're in this for the long run. They're not going to leave you. They're not going to abandon you. They're going to sacrifice at a level that their kids will have to buy into. They'll have to buy into it, but the model will be worth it because their children will become next generation. Next generation. I love you so much. And the title is Truth. And the word is, consider the harvest. This is specific to this church, but beyond this church in faith. Consider the harvest. I want to release the harvest. I want to give you a spring harvest. Don't wait for a traditional timeline. Believe now. Call in your harvesters and your gleaners. Call in your co-laborers. Look at the field till you see it. I am the Lord of the harvest. This is the truth. Move on the truth that sets all free. And I spent the last 24 hours, a number of those hours, just sitting with worship music, just getting wrecked, and also hearing things that didn't move me. But that was okay because there was so much that was right about it. But as I listened to it, one lyric caught me. And I really feel like it's the most profound word I've probably ever heard. And if we can not say, oh, I get that, but take it home and get on your face with this word, this lyric of a song. And by the way, the creatives are the poets of this hour. The songwriters. These people are called to that demographic and beyond. But they'll awaken creativity within all of you. So with that, the word of the lyric was, the reward of love is love. Just let that wreck you over the next lifetime. I love you. see there? What, take the cross off. What do you see? R-U-T-H. What's it? Ruth. You're a Ruth. My wife pointed at my wife, but I saw that. You're a Ruth. You've been faithful. You've been loyal. In the quiet. You've been wherever you should go, I should go. Your God shall be my God. In the quiet. So don't hesitate. Go out and glean all In the, the fields. In the quiet, I know you are. It's awesome.
I love you guys all so much. It's my pleasure and my gift to serve as your pastor's wife. Bless you. Have an awesome Sunday. I'm sorry there's no football. It's not my fault the NFL runs in seasons. You are there. I know you're there. Please, if you need a, somebody to pray with, they're up here. You are there. In the quiet.